Impala Films presents Haunted, the audio drama. I don't need to force them. Everybody in this school loves me. Pain, sadness, anger, the air is thick with it. You're starting to creep me out. Their son, James, was declared missing shortly after. Time to ascend. We were born to rule. So my opinion means nothing on this. Carl, what are you doing here? I didn't want to miss the look on your face when you started piecing this all together. I need to know what they did to us, what they're still doing to other children. And whatever you do, do not trust James Hunter. And now, our feature presentation. Presenting Canary P.I. in The Phantom. Physicist. Remastered. A J. Henry production. Hattie Shoehorns. The best way to slide those tappers on your dogs. Throw those space-age polymers in a sack. Because they're now made with durable and affordable Bakelite. The future in your heel. most lucrative, but those infidelity cases on my bread and butter. I miss the Hank Panky smooching on Blondie from the malt shop while wifey's home alone with the kids. Yeah, open and shut. Safe, compared to some of these cases that come to me on the regular. But poor souls can get lost in the system, seen it firsthand as yeah, I was a part of it. Just another greasy cog in the law enforcement wheels before I went solo. And boy, do I mean greasy. Some dirt doesn't wash off, but I'll do my best to keep scrubbing. If I can sacrifice a few simoleons to help a lady and her kid, well, I'll do it, as long as the rent isn't due. What do you got? I'm Mrs. Nancy Aconian here to see you. Your favorite. Suspected adultery. Send her in. The door to my office opened and she closed it gently behind her. She was short and Rubenesque. Pale with wavy brown hair falling over both her shoulders. I never thought I'd be in this position. Please don't judge my family. Take a seat and tell me what vexes you. My husband. He's gotten so distant. He used to come home right after work and now it's excuse after excuse. Short-staffed at the hospital, an old college buddy is in town getting a tune-up for the Chevy. It's never-ending. Man of medicine. My husband is a brilliant man. Very intelligent. Was a scientist for the government. What kind of scientist? I don't know. He was always vague. Said it was for my protection. Smart man. He was a valued mind for the military. That's all I know. Even got to meet the president. He's not some two-bit hood. He can be very clever and convincing when he wants to be. You leave the gumshoe into me, sweetheart. I followed him before. I've learned from those spy dramas on the radio. He's not running errands or staying late at work. He goes to some apartment building downtown. Sometimes stays for days at a time. Something's gotta give. As much as I want to believe his lies, I... I can't anymore. 
If I take this job, I'm not gonna sugarcoat what I find. Are you prepared- I told you! I just need to know. Are you mother, Mrs. Oconian? How's your bankroll? We have payment plans. We can work with you. Yes, I have two little boys. I can only pay you for three days. It's all the money I have stashed. He doesn't know I have it. I'm not taking all your money. I'll do it in two. Thank you, Mr. Canary. I'll just need a name, a description, and the address to Lonely Hearts Cooperative. Even if you are some highfalutin government scientist, yeah, it's as textbook as I come. I just hate to tell her what he's been doing with his Bunsen burner after hours. I can sympathize, but yeah, it's best I don't. I'm not as heartless as I seem sometimes. I may seem cold, but yeah, I'm no head shrinker. You'll be hearing from me soon, Mrs. Oconian. She stood up and shook my hand across my desk. She turned her back and as she walked out, I heard her muffled sniffle through her cupped face. She dabbed her mascara with a tissue and was composed by the time she walked through the door. Easy now, Canary. A job's a job after all. Have to disconnect like a surgeon or I'm no use to anyone. I was at said apartment complex early that evening, casing the joint out. People coming and going in the systematic chaos of rush hour. Soon the streets will wind down, and the decent folk will be settled in with their Swanson tray in front of the idiot box until it's time to turn in and start all over again. I never really liked to set schedule that much. I find these after-hour rendezvous with precarious certainties to be the spice of life, as they say. Tall, bespectacled, kinda gangly, slipped coal black hair, thick leather briefcase. Here comes Loverboy now. I emerge from my car dressed in navy blue overalls, a tool belt decorated with all kinds of janglies, paper bag in hand. Walking straight at him from the opposite direction, I accidentally bumped into him, spilling the contents of my bag all over his shoes and the ground in front of him. A quart of hopelessly sticky pine tar. Ah, you syndicate! Watch where you're going, will ya? These are brand new tappers. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. Just rushing us over to the job site. Leaky roofs, can't stand them. Lovely. Now if you'll excuse me. Now, now just hold on a minute. I can clean this up. I bent down with a hanky to futilely wipe the bottom of his shoes, just making him trip into the black sludge some more. It was a real Martin Lewis scene. In my flailing, I knock his suitcase to the ground, springing it open, mostly empty. A thick, well-used notebook and a flask. That won't be necessary. Please, just stop. Go away, you're making it worse. Ow! I came to for a boot black. Say, you got a nickel for the payphone? Mm, payphone. That line's for my amusement. I always get some. A notebook and a small bottle of hooch. No French perfumer, satin undergarments wrapped in a bow. I walked around the block in a meandering way, then back to my car to make sure I'm not seen. I rip off my overalls, revealing my suit underneath. I lace up a fresh pair of Oxfords and I'm reunited with my trench coat. Hat on, collar up, sunk into seat. The streets are winding down now. I walk up to the building under the cover of night. An older woman with a baguette in her face, fumbling with two bags of groceries. 
She accepts my offer for help and we walk past the doorman. A janitor frantically mopping the scuffed up floors. We'll take a scraper and some paint thinner before all that junk comes off. The lady offers a tip but I decline. I follow the trail of pine tar up the stairs. Room 32, third floor, two rooms in. I tip my hat to the doorman, not making eye contact as I exit the building. I walk around the side of the building under the cover of night and slip into the alleyway. I stack up a couple of sweaty crates. Standing on my tippy toes, I'm able to grab and lower the ladder from the fire escape. I ascend up the entanglement on rusty metal, more swiftly than I expected. And yeah, not bad, old man. Totally blacked out window. Can't sense any movement inside. I encase myself in my black trench and wait. A sickly sweet and pungent smell lost into my nose. Ozone. I flip my zippo and hold it up to my pocket watch. Right about now. What? Holy mackerel. I'm not expecting any delivery. Ugh. I'll be right down. Not mackerel. 35 pounds of herring defrosting on their lobby floors. Should keep them busy for a while. I jimmy the window and entered. This was no love nest. Lines of bubbling beakers and graduated cylinders filled with all colors of the rainbow. Blue electricity curling up the probes of a Tesla coil. Wooden boxes faced with unmarked knobs and switches. This was a makeshift laboratory. I spot the notebook next to a pile of glassware. Mathematical equations and crude sketches littered the dog-eared pages. There was a drawing of a featureless silhouette of a person, with more scientific jargon scribbled in the margins. Damn. I'll have to take this back to my office. He'll know someone was here. They had no choice now. I was out the window, closing it behind me not to make a sound. I hear smashing of equipment and curse words as I was descending the side of the building like some kind of Cape Crusader. I got right the hell out of there. Now able to delve deeper into the book, it contained some alarming passages. I was fresh out of college, green with stars in my eyes. Getting a doctorate in physics was not something just anyone could do. It takes sacrifice and focus that most don't have to give. It didn't come easy. But I was valedictorian. I was finally... special, like I always wanted to be. I had many job offers, but the one that caught my eye was a government job working for the Defense Department. Once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. After a little consideration, I accepted. I would have been a fool not to. It was exciting. I felt like I could make a difference. I could help propel a country forward with cutting edge technology and most importantly, I could now afford to make an honest woman out of Nancy. Buy a big house and give her all the nice things she deserved. Surely, I'd be working in labs and behind desks. I thought I wouldn't have to get my hands dirty. I was wrong. Most of the time, you didn't even know what you were working on. They'd move you around to different projects in various degrees of completion. You'd figure out a specific problem and would transfer it to something else. This was done on purpose, so you never knew the big picture. 
Operation Templeton was one they were stalled on for years. I was briefed on it in great detail. More than I was used to. Real cloak and dagger spy stuff, a kind of camouflage never attempted before. They hypothesized that complete human invisibility was not only possible, but they were successful. With adverse side effects. I was surprised they gave me clearance to all the files. Well, in summary, a German man named Eric Schmidt was the first to head up the project. He was allowed to work on it longer than protocol since he was the star scientist. Well, he grew obsessive. He claimed he was close to the biggest discovery of humankind since fire. He got into the animal testing phase, which was a feat in itself. After many unsatisfactory results, he finally had a breakthrough. Templeton the Rat was his name. They claimed the rodent went completely transparent and re-emerged, unharmed. This couldn't be true, could it? More tests were ordered. He wouldn't listen. He felt it was ready for human testing and to speed things up. He opted to be the guinea pig. Now, without government clearance, he administered the drug to himself. Can you believe it? Made notes of his vitals, all normal. He took another dose and waited. His uh, colleagues had to write the rest of the report. It started in his hand. It pulsed with transparency. Flashing in and out of existence like some kind of interdimensional being. It spread to the rest of his body, blinking in and out. He screamed bloody murder. He completely disappeared and the room went silent. Fifteen minutes passed and a primordial-like sludge appeared in his stead. It was conclusive that the formula was not successful in humans. He was so close. My methods of purification have done it. A human being is able to attain invisibility through my new and improved serum with minimal side effects. Just one more trial to be done. Not much time now. My interim formulas got the intended effect, but the cellular degeneration was still there, only slower. I am a mocked man. Soon I will be nothing but a pile of slime like the doctor before me. I was interrupted by a bang in my front office. Hey, we're closed. Come back in the morning. What in the hell are you doing? Why are you acting like this? This isn't you! It was Dr. Arconian, holding a knife to his wife's throat. I motioned to my holstered gun. Ah, ah, ah! Now don't reach for anything. The book, Canary. I need the book back. You have no idea how dangerous it is in the wrong hands. You're in way deep now. Now just think this through. No one has to get hurt. The book! Now! I have no shot. Can't endanger the lady. You got it, Doc, now. Just let her go. I throw the book at his feet and he pushed Nancy forward into my arms. By the time I had my gun drawn, he was out of the building. Nancy, are you okay? He's gone mad! I'm fine, but please, don't hurt him. Go! Call the cops. I ran out of my building and turned the corner, tripping over a pile of clothing. I get to my feet and look up and down the block. Nothing. A car suddenly peels away and I'm in hot pursuit. He's going back to his lab. Then I'm sending him straight to the funny farm.
I spot his car parked askew in the front. The doorman screaming into a phone. I run past him and up the stairs. An ectoplasm-like substance was smeared on the floor every few steps. I draw my gun, and I kick the door in. He was standing there, naked as a jaybird amidst the bubbling and wafting fog of his experiments. The final formula works! It's a success! She's your wife, how could you? This is more important than any one of us. I wasn't going to hurt her. You have to take the book. You can't let it get into the wrong hands. I, I don't have much time. He throws the book at me and I catch it midair with my free hand. FBI, put the gun down. G-men. I raise my hand with my finger off the trigger and the book in the other. Listen, I'm a PI. My paperwork's in my pocket. I'm on a case. This man held a knife to his wife's throat. They took my gun and the book, threw a blanket over the doctor. We were handcuffed and separated. After a time, they gave me my gun back and I was free to go. Dismantled pieces of the laboratory was being carried out in wooden crates. Dr. Conian was sitting in the back of an ambulance while someone was holding a stethoscope to his chest. Feeling better, Doc? The street lamp glistened off the petroleum jelly-like substance on his forehead, being wiped away by an EMT. Before he was able to respond, a man poking and prodding him turns around, revealing a head of unruly gray hair, wearing welding goggles at night. Hallucinogens, Mr. Canary. It seems our enterprising patient here has ventured into the drug business. After some rest at our rehabilitation clinic, he'll be good as new. I assure you, he's in good hands. <laughs> Whatever. Voice acted by, in order of appearance, J. Henry as Canary P.I. Chrissy Talon Sage as Nancy Oconian. Julian Gilas as Dr. Oconian. Aiden Hughes as Strange Doctor. Written, directed, and edited by J. Henry. Music by Pedro Sparza, Vivek Abishek, Kevin McLeod. Follow us at twitter.com forward slash RPCanaryPI. This concludes the broadcast. <laughs>